Hey everybody and welcome back to the Living with Power Hope podcast. My name is Lena Abijamra and I am with you to help you uh, get your focus back on Christ. We are living in a postmodern, post-Christian, post-everything age and in it we need every tool, every instrument we can to focus back on Christ and what his word has taught us. And so if you're looking for that, you came to the right place. If you're searching for the truth, you came to the right place. We're going to talk about the truth. Hey, if you want to find out more about this ministry, uh, check out livingwithpower.org. I'm a little bit about me. I'm a doctor. I practiced pediatric ER for most of my career. I most recently have transi- transitioned to uh, telehealth. I also run a ministry called Living with Power Ministries. We do a lot of global uh, work with medical um, work in the Middle East, my home country of Lebanon. We work with Syrian refugees and the Lebanese people. We love to help people in desperate need, but we also love to help you. And so our goal is to provide biblical truth for everyday life here. And I've written a few books about faith and God. I hope you've read them. I hope you get them. And if you're here uh, and you've been here before, thanks for checking back in. Hey, in this podcast, we do all sorts of things. Right now we're in our Dear Lena series. Those are where you send me questions and I answer them about faith, life, culture, and everything in between. And uh, we are in a series I've called Bread and Butter, a series which is basically bread and butter Christianity. Basic questions about the faith. Basically, the bread and butter of something is the ropes, the main thing. Maybe you like peanut butter, but we're just going to keep it as simple as bread and butter. And so we've talked about uh, how can I tell if I'm really saved and why can't I overcome sin in my life? And today I've got another great question that builds on this theme. And so let me just hit it strong. And uh, as usual, you know how this goes. I give you three points that sort of frame our discussion. And I usually try to keep it under 20 minutes. I've been a little wordy. I'm going to try to keep it short today, but we'll see. Famous last words. Uh, All right. All right. Here we go. Dear Lena, what are the spiritual disciplines and why do I need them? Also, how do I do them? (laughs) Great questions. And it comes at a tale of our discussion about sin last week. We talked about how to to fight the pleasures of sin with a greater pleasure, the pleasure of Christ. And how do you experience the pleasure of Christ in your life? Well, the answer is through these spiritual disciplines. And I know, I know some of you are thinking like, there's nothing joyful about disciplines. How can you turn a discipline into something that brings me joy? Well, It's the truth. It happens. Listen, there are so many things in life that if we discipline ourselves to do, we come on the other side of it going, man, I feel great. I have been a fiend of the Peloton for the past three years. I love the Peloton. I am one of those people. I do not believe it's a cult, but I really can understand the critique of it. But listen, I love it. And I think over and over again in the Peloton, they remind you of this very thing that, listen, it might not feel good right now, but it's going to feel good later. And so, so much of the spiritual disciplines is that, but they're also so much more. And so let's dig in. What are the spiritual disciplines? Why do we need them? And how do I do them? Great question, by the way, whoever sent it in. Let me start with sort of a big idea. While the spiritual disciplines won't save you, they will certainly help you grow. And so really with that in mind, let me just tell you what are the spiritual disciplines. Best best definition I found for them is they are practices found in scripture that promise spiritual growth among followers of Jesus. The spiritual disciplines are practices found in scripture that promote spiritual growth among followers of Jesus. There have been some great books written about spiritual disciplines. I think Richard Foster's spiritual discipline book is one of the most famous ones. Uh, uh, Dallas Willard has written a lot about spiritual disciplines. There are many others, but those come to mind very quickly. Uh, But the spiritual disciplines really are practices found in scripture. I'll tease that out a little bit more in a minute. And they're meant for spiritual growth. They're not meant to save you. They simply help you grow. This is critical. I think it's easy to confuse the two things. You're not any holier by doing the spiritual disciplines themselves. They're a means to holiness. Again, I'll talk more about that, I think, in the third point again. But let me, let me also say this. Uh, while spiritual disciplines are works, um, and you know that works don't save us, 
They are simply a means to an end. They're a means to an end. What is the end? It is godliness. Godliness. All right, so 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. Let me, let me just hit scripture a little bit and sort of beef up sort of this, this idea of why we need the disciplines. 1 Timothy 4, um, verse 7, have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. So while there's not a single Bible verse that's going to say, uh, here are the spiritual disciplines, do them. What you do see language of in the New Testament is a lot of putting off the old, putting on the new, but this language, training yourself for godliness. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make an argument for that here from scripture. Rather, train yourself for godliness. First Timothy chapter four, now verse uh, eight says, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Uh, he goes on to saying, is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance for to this end we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God who is the savior of all people, especially to those who believe. I like uh, Philippians 4, uh, chapter, uh, or Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Do not be anxious about anything. Okay, sorry, uh, verse uh, 8, Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Now, you understand how our culture works. We are constantly on our phone where whatever is awful, whatever is depressing, whatever is anxious, anxiety provoking, whatever is dividing is being proclaimed. And yet this is how we're feeding our minds. So when we're talking about spiritual disciplines, we are currently being disciplined by worldly means of division and argument and controversy. Instead, the, 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 the admonition in Philippians 4 is the opposite, is to find all these things that are good and lovely and of good report and to discipline ourselves in these things. Uh, a couple more verses to you. Uh, Proverbs, we'll go back to the Proverbs, chapter 4, verse 23. This is probably a, one of the best verses about this whole concept of spiritual disciplines because this is the undertone of spiritual disciplines. It's to keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flow the springs of life. Keep your heart with all diligence is, is the way I memorized it growing up. Vigilance is the ESV version. I read from the ESV if you're wondering. Uh, for from it, out of it, flows the issues of life. And uh, how do you keep your heart with all diligence? Well, through the spiritual disciplines, all right? Uh, one more, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Let me find that. It says, um, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly divining the word of truth, but avoid irreverent babble for it will lead people to more and more ungodliness. So, uh, so, you, so you'll see sort of this bent to train yourselves. Paul talks about working out your salvation with fear and trembling. And so all of this, this is sort of, you know, it's, works don't save us, but works are a reflection that we're saved. And, and in the case of spiritual disciplines, they're a means, not an end, but a means to godliness. While the spiritual disciplines won't save you, they will certainly help you grow. And so there's uh, the first big idea about spiritual disciplines. Here's a second. While the spiritual disciplines take time, they are definitely worth your time. Okay, so it's two sides to the coin. Uh, they're not quick. There's never been, even the books about spiritual disciplines are not small. There's no quick ways. Here's three ways to do spiritual disciplines. Um, somebody wrote me a question. They wanted to know all about spiritual disciplines in one uh, teaching. Well, it's, it's hard to do because each spiritual discipline can really attribute its own teaching. And I'll get to, in a minute about what the spiritual disciplines are, I'll, I'll, but I'll give you a little flavor like prayer, fasting, solitude, all the things that are considered spiritual disciplines, scripture memory. All those things are, are things that take time. But, but, but here's the key. It's worth your time. Why? Because they are a means to godliness and godliness with great gain 
Uh, godliness with contentment is great gain. And so if you're looking for a way to fight sin in your life, if you're looking for that joy and the freedom that comes from knowing that you are finding your pleasure in God, it is worth your time to grow in the spiritual disciplines. No one likes to exercise, but it's the fruit of exercising that we like. Now, granted, some people like to exercise and some people like spiritual disciplines. And so, but it's the fruit that everybody agrees on. It's when you look at yourself and go, oh my gosh, I'm really seeing the effects of da-da-da-da-da. And so it's worth the time. But but that also means that you need to make the time. So, you know, it's 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 it takes time. It's worth the time, but that means you need to make the time. We all make time for the things we value the most. On my busiest day, if Sam calls me and says, can I come over? I squeeze him in somehow. Why? Because it's valuable to me to see Sam. And I want him to know that I value fellowship with him. And it might mean that I have to scratch something off my to-do list until the next day, but that's okay. And so we make the time for the things we value the most. We all find the time when we are convinced of the why. If you know why you're doing something, I'm telling you guys, I see it with my patients all the time. They'll go to the doctor. They'll tell them you've got new onset diabetes. You need to take this medicine and bam, they're on a diet the next day. For years, they disdain diets, and the minute they find out that their life has changed because now they've got a diagnosis of diabetes or high blood pressure, I mean, their habits will change. I saw a member of my family go through that. They were told they had high blood pressure the very next day, no more salt, drastic diet, and they were able to get off the meds. So that was a person who saw the why, the why. I wanna live to see my grandkids. I wanna live to see, you know, those are the things that we need to remember, the why. Why do you need the spiritual disciplines? Well, because we want to live holy lives, pleasing unto God, a workman that shows himself approved unto God. We want the joy of the Lord. When we show up to heaven, we want Jesus to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And not you wasted your time on earth. You couldn't overcome sin. You chose sin constantly over Jesus. We don't wanna hear that. We wanna hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And so we all have things in our life that we're wasting time on that we need to get rid of. How do you make time if you don't have time? Well, you, it's, it's like spending. You have to cut some spending and say, you know, how do you make more money? Well, you either work more or spend less, right? And so if you're like in a situation where you're like, oh, I know I need to build in more time for spiritual disciplines. I just don't have the time. And, and by the way, this cracks me up always with patients because they'll call me and they'll be like, I've got a fever, I'm vomiting, I've taken the medicine you've given me, it's not better. And I'll be like, well, you need to go to the hospital. And they'll say, I can't, my schedule doesn't allow it. And I'm like, dude, I didn't choose for you to be sick. Like, you've got to go to the hospital. You have no other choice. I can't heal you over the phone, right? right? I mean, and, and so it's funny to me because I think that you can recognize that you need something and you can know the value of it, but still act as if you don't have the time for it. Well, how do you make time when you don't have time? Well, you need to get rid of things that are taking your time. And so an honest approach to the spiritual disciplines, if you see the value of them, which is greater godliness, which is deeper fellowship with God, which is a deeper sense of joy and freedom in your life, well, a greater, the only way to make time for them is to get rid of what's eating your time. And so sit down and write down, is there any extra time in your life? And if there isn't, then what can go? For some, it might be a couple hours of sleep need to go. For others, it might mean movies that you're watching on your internet, binging on something needs to go. For others, and, and I know at first you're like, oh, but I love this show. But what do you love more? What do you value more? Now you go back to the episode of bread and butter number one and number two. Do you know you're saved? Are you overcoming sin in your life? Now, you see what I mean? Like you have to make time for what you need the most. If you're already living godly, if you're already enjoying the presence of Christ, maybe you're already spending time in the spiritual disciplines. This might not be a word for you. But if you're hurting constantly, if you feel alone, if you feel neglected by God, maybe it's because you're not spending time with him. 
So that brings me to the third big idea. So, so first of all, the spiritual disciplines won't save you. They will certainly help you grow. Second, while the spiritual disciplines take time, they are definitely worth your time. So find the time and make the time. And number three, while the spiritual disciplines can be overwhelming, they can be learned slowly and progressively. Rome wasn't conquered in a day. Listen, when it comes to the spiritual disciplines, this is a lifetime experience. So what are the spiritual disciplines? Well, spiritual disciplines are something that you do. It is, there's the difference between spiritual fruit, which is an attitude, joy, peace, goodness, kindness. Those are Galatians 5, uh, chapter, verse, chapter 5, verse 24, talks about the spiritual fruit. That Those are attitudes. The spiritual disciplines are not attitudes. They're actions. They're actions. So that's why they need time. Spiritual disciplines are, uh, remember, they're found in scripture. They promote spiritual growth. And they're an activity. There's something that you do. So I'm going to divide them up into three categories. They're inward, they're outward, and they're corporate. Inward is me, myself, and I can do them with the Lord. Meditation, prayer, fasting, and study. Those are inward. And by the way, you'll see a lot of different lists, but those are the essence of the inward spiritual disciplines. Meditation on God's word, on God himself. Prayer to God. Fasting in order to, fasting, by the way, majority of Christians, myself included, don't fast on a regular basis. Fasting doesn't have to be of food, but in scripture, it is often stated of food, not of the internet, but of food. Now, again, fast however you want, but the fasting of food is a model in scripture. And uh, most of us don't do it. And Jesus, but when, when the disciples ask Jesus, why can't we heal like this? Why can't we do this? He says, those things come by prayer and fasting. And so some of us, if we want breakthrough, we need to start to learn to pray and fast. You go, man, I don't know how to do it. Well, you do it progressively, one thing at a time, little by little. You pick one. We'll get to that in a second. So, and study, study of God's word. That's something you go, I'm in a Bible study. Fine, but are you studying the word on your own? Because that's where the truth is. You don't need someone to constantly spoon feed you. Most of the things I learn in scripture come when I'm studying the scriptures in a more uh, intentional fashion, as opposed to just reading casually. You know, reading casually is fine, but studying scripture is what helps you to think clearly through it and and so sort of that verse that I talked to you in 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So inward, meditation, prayer, fasting, study. Outward ones, there's outward disciplines. Those take time. The outward disciplines are simplicity. Simplify your life. You don't need everything. You go to the Sermon of the Mount, and the Sermon of the Mount is an entire message that is centered on simplicity and the attitude that Jesus is enough. Solitude. Jesus regularly left the crowds, went alone to be with the Father. Solitude is a spiritual discipline. Submission is a spiritual discipline and service, 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 service. We are, if the, the, one of the biggest side effects of not being in church, church offered us a place where we could serve one another. And when you're living alone, you might still be serving others. Maybe you have family members who need you, you're serving them, but really our service-oriented Christianity has faded in an era where church attendance has faded. So inward, outward, and then corporate. And by the way, you don't need to go to church to serve, but it was a way, a place where we could do it more easily, but that's not an excuse not to serve. And then so, so the inward uh, disciplines, the outward disciplines, uh, and then the corporate disciplines. The corporate disciplines. People say, why do we need to go to church? Well, because there are some disciplines that are corporate. Here are some. Confession. Confess your sins to one another and be healed. In I think it's in James. Uh, worship is a spiritual discipline that's done corporately. Celebration and guidance. Asking others for counsel. Those, those are the spiritual disciplines. Um, I don't remember where I, I pulled this list, but, but there's many different lists that you'll find. You'll see a little variation between some of the disciplines, but this gives you a general idea of sort of the big ones that when people talk about spiritual disciplines, they talk about these. Every one of them, by the way, 
is biblical in origin. So let me, let me hone in on this a little. When it comes to spiritual disciplines, they're biblical in origin. So as an example, walking or gardening might be a practice that helps you feel close to God or hiking might be a practice that helps you feel close to God, but it is not considered a spiritual discipline. Remember what I told you, the definition of spiritual disciplines, it's, it's a practice found in scripture that promotes spiritual growth. So walking or gardening is good for your soul, but it's not considered one of the spiritual disciplines. They're all the spiritual disciplines. When, when, when you hear church teachers and writers talk about spiritual disciplines, when you think about spiritual disciplines, they're meant to be biblical in origin and they're meant to promote your spiritual growth. And so uh, while people now in 2022 are quick to say, well, I feel close to God when I'm out walking in the yard. Well, being out in creation certainly opens our eyes to the Lord, but that, that's a spiritual practice, but just spiritual discipline uh, would entail maybe praying while you're walking outside or, or memorizing scripture or meditating on the Lord. And so you can combine a spiritual uh, discipline with a spiritual practice or a practice that helps you feel more close to God. But really, when we talk about spiritual disciplines, what we're really talking about are those activities that are centered on God's word that draw us into a deeper uh, relationship with Christ and promote our growth in Christ and lead ultimately to spiritual fruit of, of positive attitudes like love, joy, peace, long-suffering, etc. So lastly, spiritual disciplines must be done with the right motive and are the means to godliness. What that means is this. You can practice the spiritual disciplines and not be changed by them. Think about that, really. I mean, I mean, I think, and, and I say this carefully because you can almost never read the Bible or pray without being changed, but you technically could, right? I mean, an atheist could read the Bible, I guess maybe pray to not to God, but you know, an atheist could read the Bible, memorize scriptures and not be changed by them. God is the one who changes us through his word. And so I think there has to be the right motive and the right relationship so that the spiritual disciplines are not just based in scripture, but they're fueled by the spirit of God. They're fueled for the right motive which is to glorify God and their means to godliness. Ultimately, the goal of them is not to feel better about my Christianity. It is not to earn favor with God. Spiritual, spiritual disciplines are not a means for me to get what I want from God. They are simply a means to godliness. So how do you do them? Remember, well, the spiritual disciplines can be overwhelming. They can be learned progressively. Pick one. You go, how does that translate practically? Pick one. Start working on it. When you get it down, pick a second one or do alternate things like with weight training. Recently, um, I talked to my nephew who I have two nephews who are college athletes. They're football players. They work out all the time. So they know a little bit about it now. And I said to them, I feel overwhelmed. I, I don't feel I can do all the, the, I do the aerobics every day, but then I can't fit in the time to do a core workout and an upper extremity and a lower extremity. And I'm just like overwhelmed by all the workout. I can't, I don't have time for it. And they were like, you don't need to do everything. You need to slow, you know, they taught me how to do reps. And they're like, literally the reps I do for the upper body are like, take me 10 minutes. And I only have to do them like three times a week, right? And then you, in fact, I'm still stuck on doing the aerobic every day. And they're always like, you don't need the aerobic every day. You can take like three days off and, and you're going to be fine. And then you can do the lower body, you know, et cetera. The point is you can mix and match just like you would a health program. You don't need to do everything every day in an equal amount of times. You can pick one and start integrating them. And so, um, you know, what is it on the list that you're not doing naturally? And some might be easier than others, like, like, med like memorizing scripture, which is a form of meditating on scripture. That's a hard one. And so you might, instead of uh, doing the memory, you might want to do more of a solitude. That might not be something that comes naturally for you. You might need to take a few minutes and and just uh, give yourself to words, uh, 
just taking some time and being with the Lord. And so think about that list that I gave you, the inward ones, meditation, prayer, fasting, study, the outward ones, simplicity, solitude, submission, and service, and the corporate ones, confession, worship, celebration, and guidance. So maybe for you, it also means finding a local church. And if you're troubled by that, you're uh, not alone. Uh, I'll say that. Get my book, Fractured Faith. It'll help you, but also reach out, email me at lena at, or dearlena at livingwithpower.org. If you have any more questions that you'd like to share for the Dear Lena episodes, please send them to me and know that we're praying for you. And with that in mind, remember it's Thursday. I'd love to see you tonight at our uh, Facebook community group. Uh, you can find it by going to livingwithpower.org. Click on the top right button. It says join our community. And uh, I look forward to being with you tonight. We're going through the book of Hebrews. And know that, hey, if you find these things overwhelming, don't stop. These are not things you need to do on your own. The spiritual disciplines, the Spirit of God will help you to do them. He'll help you to grow in them. And He is responsible for your salvation and your growth. All we are expected to do is to align our lives to Him. And if you can do that, you can do everything. Love you guys. I'll see you next week.